Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise your name, Lord God, and we thank you. We thank you for your outpouring of grace upon us. We thank you for your incredible patience, and that we pray that, Father, that that long-suffering, that, 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 you know, unbelievably, I mean, there's just no way to uh, really to quantify the amount of patience that the word long-suffering attempts to capture. Father, we pray that you will give that to us as a gift, that we're able to continue to look at the things of this world and and not be um, self-focused, not be concerned about whether or not, you know, the rapture is going to be tomorrow or rapture is going to be next next year. Uh, You know, not be concerned about where we're going to be when this happens or that happens, but to, to look at things from a godly perspective. See things from the throne room. Understand your heart and your love for the people of this world, those that haven't awakened. And many, many that believe that they have awakened, but not really. Um, And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, Father, please, that you will continue to to, uh, have extra mercy and and, uh, for each and every one of us that have taken that thousand milligram red pill, because uh, as, as we pray quite frequently, in your presence, Father, it's especially difficult for those of us who carry that burden of understanding, while at the same time, it is also a blessing because it keeps us highly motivated. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. And we're just asking you to anoint us, to touch us, to be merciful to us, to be patient, long-suffering with us, and to, and to pour out your grace upon each of us. Give us physical body strength that we're able to continue, you know, a lot of us are getting, uh, you know, quite a bit older. Uh, you know, our body parts are starting to break down, uh, and uh, we sure could use an, uh, you know, a supernatural touch from on high, the power of the name of Jesus, to continue to keep us going. That we're able to, you know, fulfill your the works that you have written in our books since before there was time. Uh, Psalm, again, one of my very favorite scriptures, Psalm one thirty nine, verse sixteen. Father, we want to walk in your works, Ephesians two ten, and we pray that you will give us the the, the 
the ammunition. Um, now, I don't mean that from a from an earthly standpoint. Of course, you know that, Father. Um, but give us what it is that we need, because you know more than, of course, you know more about us and what we need than we know about ourselves and what we think we need. And we're asking you, we're deferring it to you, Father. We're taking all of the things, the trials, the tribulations, the troubles, the deaths, the murders, the slaughters, the horrors that are associated with with uh, you know coming to an understanding at the level that you have blessed us with, uh, indeed a, a very challenging sort of a blessing. But Father, we just pray that you will continue to uh, strengthen our bodies, uh, help us to have the necessary... Um, willpower uh, to uh, continue this race uh, and not to become discouraged or dismayed, to have that strength of Joshua, be strong enough, good courage, be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that we will feel your presence throughout the rest of this week. We pray that we will be praying and praising you, Father God, under open heavens. We pray that the holy fire of God will wrap like a fire tornado around our prayer and around our praise, and it will punch for the firmament of the rock. The demons of darkness will scatter in all directions. We declare the fire of God around our households, around our loved ones, and we declare it to strike any entity of the darkness that would set its will against us for any reason, and any entities, any any entities that would participate in, in, in their attempt to come against us, and to vaporize any earthly or spiritual weapons, and to vaporize any fiery darts and contracts or assignments from the dark side. Father, we also pray that you will assign to us a platoon of warrior angels to ferret out all uh, indirect threat vectors, to shut down all demonic portals, to stop any attempt to come against us, to make good eyes blind and good ears deaf. In the name of Jesus, we're asking for divine protection so that we are able to fulfill your will and be able to do it the way that you had designed for us to do and written about us in your books so long ago. We praise your holy name and we thank you and Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy and Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Well, what do you know? I was on the wrong page. I'm not too surprised about that. I've been really tired all day. And amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, another part of Maui's on fire. Unbelievable. Um, the whole world is on fire. I mean, they're just blowing everything up. They're just trashing everything. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's and, and you know what's really amazing to me is that when you look, I'm not going to mention any names. So when you when we when we you know go out and we probe around and listen to various radio shows and folks that we um, know are on top of things and have really good sources of information that we can trust. What's really fascinating is that they just it, 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 it blows me away that they're not seeing the things that are happening around the world as biblical, um, as end times biblical. It's, it's like they want to fight the new world order. They want to overcome the new world order. They want to you know, mount up and go against that new world order and that global reset. They don't, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, and you're quoting scriptures and everything like that on your website, but you're not making the connection. How can you do that? How can you not see that the Bible's reading like a newspaper right now? How can you not see that they're attacking the food, the, the food facilities and the fuel facilities? And look at what Jesus said, pestilence and famine, and you got another pandemic coming, another lockdown, and they're just not making the connection. And I'm like, well, how can you miss it? But anyway, you know, it's all part of the frustration of being the lucky ones that get to take the 1,000 milligram red pill, which we've all taken a long, long time ago. And we are heading up on the season where we get to be a part of the, you know, the island of misfit toys. And, you know, King Moonracer is going to chase us all off the island, and we're going to have to chisel ourselves off a little piece of ice and float around the Berean Sea uh, for who knows how long. But anyway, it's, it's just hard to, you know, get your arms around how many people don't see it. You know, they're, they're you know, um, I, I, again, I don't want to name any names, but it I brought tears to my eyes. Uh, this morning I was probing around looking for, you know, the major headlines. There's always people talking about this and that and whatever. But um, <clears throat> I was looking for big stuff, you know. And uh, and as I was scrolling around doing my doom scrolling and, the, and, and such, I spotted this um, uh, lawyer lady. Um, who was one of the 19 people that were indicted uh, in the fiasco uh, in Georgia, where they indicted uh, Trump as well. But they indicted actually 19 people on 47 charges, which is absolutely – if I use the words that are the most appropriate words to describe what's going on um, – yeah, it would be pretty foul. So anyway, I have to, you know, steer clear of that. Um, you know, we'll just have to, you know, we, we have to. We don't have a choice. Um, what we need to do, and this is this is something that I share with people on a very, very, I mean, it's like every other day I run across a believer. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them are, you know, they're guests from the show. Some of them are regular guests from the show. Um, some of them are just people that I've known for years, uh, whatever the case may be be but they will uh say things and i will i will have to pull them out of their where they're at because what happens is as we see the things that are happening in maui when we see the uh the do you know the the, the do attacks i do believe in fact that they are lasers from outer space i am not entirely convinced that they're not using um fallen angel technology um uh but you know i'm not going to get because I know that the uh, that guy that that fellow that man that guy that said he had keys to all the different parts of that extremely advanced facilities with the new 
neutrino energy systems that he believed were nuclear powered. I don't know if you remember that testimony. I did play it on the program. Uh, and he was trying to explain all the different things that he believed that that, that system could do uh, down in Antarctica. Um, and that's, that's so... Th- that's light years advanced. You know, people still talk about, you know, HARP, you know, the old HARP system that's barely standing up in uh, Alaska. That, you know, that technology that's up in Alaska, that stuff is so old. I mean, it's a miracle that it's even standing right now. Um, the, the um, uh, you know, the 21st century replacement technologies for that are – probably three or four hundred times more advanced than, uh, you know, what people typically point to as HARP, you know. Um, And, again, that falls back upon the guy uh, and his testimony. Uh, And, again, I'm going to scroll up here and see. I forget how long that testimony goes for. Trying not to go past it. I've got to be really careful because the scrolly thing here really moves very quickly. All right, hold on just a second. Nope, nope, not there, not there, not there. He is. Okay, hold on. Yeah, so let me see if he's still. You know, they've been taking down stuff. Don't, don't kid yourself about Elon Musk. He's as evil as they come. I, I, like I said, benefit of the doubt. Attention and this information, attention, because it needs to get out to the world. I will start uh, since we have to be brief. I have already given all pertinent information and supporting documentation to the Senate Intelligence Committee and Arrow. They informed me that all of my information will be recorded for public record and shared with Congress. It is that important. In 2010, I was selected to go down to the South Pole Station in Antarctica for an entire year by Raytheon Polar Services as an employee of a third-party contractor for the National Science Foundation. I function in a dual-role capacity as a tradesman and a firefighter. My responsibilities required me to be more informed than most of my crew and offered me complete access to the facilities. What I learned from this unique experience needs to be shared with the entire world. The technology at the South Pole Station certainly can do what it is presented as its primary purposes, and unfortunately, much more. The Ice Cube Neutrino Detector is presented as a passive listening device for the purposes of the science as presented. But I'm going to skip right through the chase, folks. Uh, I have provided documentation that proves that the 5,160, what they call DOMs, that are embedded in the ice can actually transmit at 2,047 volts each. That gives us a long list of things to consider. It is effectively a multifaceted directed energy weapons platform that I will uh, list rapidly a few things that it can do. Vehicle detection. We're learning that these off-world craft, on-world craft, ours or other nations are also emitting neutrinos. So this makes the South Pole Station effectively an air traffic control station for this new level of equipment that nobody's discussing. In addition to the ability to detect neutrinos and the exotic vehicles, I provide a documentation that shows that this is also a system for faster than light communications. In the past, Gary McKinnon has hacked NASA found the off-world fleet, the list of captains, and it's apparent that if we have faster-than-light vehicles moving throughout the system, we're going to need faster-than-light communications. This is that facility. Unfortunately, I have other bad news. The season that I was there, 2010 to 2011, we converted from uh, construction to operations and maintenance in both the elevated station and the detector array. 
Unfortunately, when they first fired it up, that was when we had the earthquakes in Christchurch, New Zealand. There were two incidental shots before they were able to target it correctly. This is an earthquake generating device as well. This is the weapons of war that we have to deal with now and what Raytheon's hiding. There's an ELF system at the South Pole Station that when I was arrived, I was told it was off, dismantled, and completely defunct. In my work, I will rapidly just tell you, I had to figure out the circuitry for certain other repairs, and I found that this system is, in fact, completely energized, up and running, and being utilized with the other systems for nefarious purposes as well. The Atmospheric Research Observatory is uh, in what we call the clean air sector. I witnessed myself a very powerful green laser shooting out of the top of this facility into the cosmos. This, I believe, is a secondary form of long-range communications and or a defense system. I am not saying that we need to be scared of anything that's out there, but please understand the military-industrial complex is happy to invest all of your money in alleviating their fears. <clears throat> A question of power comes into play for all of these facilities that are present. I assure you, I knew what was going on. I knew the load demands of the facility, and all of these new items exceed the demand for the systems that I was presented. I am doing due diligence and research. I believe there is either a secondary power supply there that is either nuclear that uh, was there prior to the start of the Antarctic Treaty, which prohibits such things, and or that there is some sort of exotic uh, power supply system there that just is not in the verbiage of the treaty, so it negates the responsibility to the parties involved. I think that pretty much covers it for time. If anybody, if anybody wants to find out more, I have a website where all this information is at for brevity. I'll wrap it up, but you can go to deciphering.tv. I've documented all of this stuff, and information is available. Deciphering.tv. <clears throat> so anyway, so I wanted to put that out there because that is that 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 facility, and and I would assume also that that is not the only facility. There's probably other ones similar to it. Um, who knows? But that you know, you heard what he said. It, you know, it's designed to communicate with faster than light craft spaceships. Spaceships. Okay, are you with me? And um, and it has the ability to do, you know, directed energy and create earthquakes and all the other weirdness. So it makes the harp system that we all point to with those funky old antennas sticking in the middle of nowhere, <clears throat> you know, look like um, a pencil sharpener from the 60s. So anyway, um, the reason I brought that up is because um, we're dealing with some exceedingly advanced technologies right now. And um, and I am not entirely convinced that they, you know, with the cooperation that is uh, has been going on now for the last oh, 70, 80, 90 years with the otherworldly beings. I mean, it's it's they did it in the Book of Enoch with the ancient Sumerians and all the other weirdness that they brought down to the earth. And they've been doing it all along. Okay, and then of course the United States is seeding evil as it is Babylon the Great. Um, you know what what do they want in trade? Well, they want human bodies. That's what they want. 
So, uh, of course, you know, our sinister evil, uh, antichrist-led, you know, filthy demonic entities that are running this country and the other countries that are part of the WEF and everything else and this global reset, they are, um, you know, it's, it's um, you know, to them, it's, it's nothing. I mean, they have no problem with handing over as many bodies as these entities want. All right. So anyway, so what, what, what does that mean? That means that there's, you know, clearly there has been a multi I don't know, what would you say, a hundred times more technology, technological advancements now than they had during the Grey Otta Treaty under Eisenhower? Okay, so you're you putting things together. I hope that you are, because when you do put these things together, what we're talking about are things that are so advanced uh, that th- there's no way we can wrap our heads around it. Okay, so this guy's doing the best he can. He's obviously extremely smart, um, but, um, you know, we don't know to what level of degree of cooperation with the fallen angelic beings that are in these 26-mile-wide motherships and stuff that have cloaking devices that can hang out, you know, right in front of us. And we look up in the sky, and all we hear is some kind of creepy War of the World's trumpet sound, you know. But anyway, um, you know, to what degree are they cooperating? You know, our, were 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 the do uh, weapons that were used in Maui were those um, from this facility, or did they did they work in cooperation with the fallen angels? You know, the so-called aliens. Okay, um, you know, we don't know. They, 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 those they, those do weapons could, you know, people will say things like, well, they were obviously coming from outer space or whatever, and they just assume that there's some special, you know, satellite or something that's sitting up there that's got, you know, the laser capabilities that are necessary to do that kind of horrible stuff. But how much of a cooperative effort is there going on right now between them and the reptilian entities that re, you know that shapeshift um, and pretend to be humans here on the earth. How much cooperation is taking place? And that's the thing that we don't know about. It could be a fantastic amount of cooperation. All right. So anyway, just something to kind of kind of tuck tuck away in the back of your mind, uh, you know, as we are looking at all the different creepy weird things that are going on around us, because it all kind of plays into the same story, which is the end times. If people would read their Bible, okay, and my Bible doesn't say anything about uh, uh, you know. Somebody stopping what's going on right now. My Bible doesn't say anything. There's no pause in the Olivet Discourse that says, uh, you know, Donald Trump comes back or, you know, somebody comes back into the office and, and SEAL Team 6, you know, paratroops out of the sky and, and goes into the Davos facility and captures everybody and tosses them in jail and, you know, whatever. You know, it, it, there isn't. There's no like break in the in the uh, in the in the sequence of events. They just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, which is exactly what we're seeing right now. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you guys ready? All right, kids. Why was Cinderella a bad baseball player? Why was Cinderella a bad baseball player? Think hard. She had a pumpkin for a coach. Get it? A pumpkin for a coach? <laughs> ah, yeah, a little bit of tomfoolery word switcheroo-y. All right, kids, what do you call a hen who counts her eggs? What do you call a hen that counts her eggs? Hmm, I think it's true. 
a Mathema chicken. <laughs> a chicken. Come on, kids. Work with me here. Hey, Spanky. Spanky, put the sign down. Put this sign down. I know you're up to no good. Ice cream for everybody later, okay? Uh, I got to get all the votes I can get. Kids, why did the pie crust go to the dentist? The pie crust. It needed a filling. <laughs> Kids, what kind of filling would you put in your pie crust? <laughs> ah, you guys like cherries, huh? Ah, that's what I'm seeing over there. All right, I'll throw you one more biscuit, kids. All right, kids, how did the French fry propose to ha- uh, propose to the hamburger? How did the French fry propose to the hamburger? <laughs> he gave her an onion ring. <laughs> an onion ring. Come on, man. That's, that's so hot. See? Bribery with ice cream gets you four out of four every time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, hey, I wanted to share something kind of cool with me. The Lord kind of showed me this um, just today. Um, I, I'm flabbergasted. And I'll share it with you. <clears throat> this is like super duper duper cool. So if you wanted to, like, say, check your own Bible or whatever, you're definitely going to want to probably get the new King James or King James will work just fine. I don't know. I can't speak to the other translations, but um, my go-to one is the new King James. But anyway, um, so for some reason, I was led, I'm not sure why, um, to uh, go and take another peek at the Church of Philadelphia. Now, I might have been talking to somebody earlier today, and I just don't recall the details or whatever. But, um, you know, it, uh, there's, you know, there's a whole big, you know, couple of paragraphs and stuff about the Church of Philadelphia around. But, but it, um, in Revelation 3, starting around verse 10 and going to, I guess, um, verse 11, 12, about 12, I'm going to read this to you, but okay. Now, before I do this, though, let me let me try to bring something back to your memory. Now, some of you, and you've admitted it to me, and I don't. I'm. I'm. Not, my feelings are not hurt. Many of you tell me, "Hey, you know, the show goes a little bit later, and I, you know, my days are long and hard, and I, you know, I fall asleep sometimes before the show, you know, and and I'm totally cool with that, you know. Um, and uh, some people will break up the podcasts into three chunks and listen to it throughout the week. Some people I've had, uh, you know, Tatiana come right out and tell me it's too long. It's just too long. You got to break it down to an hour and then I'll listen again. But, um, you know, that's fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. People will do what they do, you know, and people only have so much time, only have so much energy. I get it, man. I am right there with you. I'm voting for you. I'm sitting right there. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, we are of one accord. Hallelujah. All right. If I was listening to me, I would probably fall asleep too eventually. All right. So anyway, um, you know, and it just depends, you know, each, each person to each his own. Everybody's, I mean, can you imagine what it's like to have like a lot of little kids right now? Wow. I can't even imagine it. I, I don't even want to think about it because it makes me absolutely exhausted just imagining it. All right. So anyway, um, so listen, so. For those of you who 
have who remember i'll just leave it at that i'm not going to get into the details just say for those of you who remember me saying this many many times good for you because you're about to get a really cool confirmation slash revelation okay for those of you who have not heard me say this many many times then you're going to be like oh okay well whatever and that's cool too but anyway, many times I have said, um, particularly when I'm talking about like like on the prayer vigil, on the one prayer vigil, a couple, I think it was not the last one, but the one before, I was talking about, you know, tr- you know treating the Bible like a 3,000-piece puzzle. And if you just n- take your known goods and you put everything together that you know that you can put together, you'll have a couple of patches that you don't know about, but you don't get a bee in your bonnet over it. You've you got enough information. You got enough information. Don't get a bee in your bonnet over something that you don't know. Because little by little over time, God will fill it, fill it in if it's important enough. And if it isn't important enough, that's okay. People get all, get all kind of, you know, worked up about the 144,000 because there's folks out there saying things they should not be saying. Oh, the 144,000 of the people that go on the first, you know, and, and you know, forget it. It's just absolutely I – won't, I won't use any of the colloquialisms that are popping into my head right now. But it's most unfortunate there, there are so many people out there who say things that they should not have said. But anyway, all that being said, um, this is neat. This is neat. Okay, so I don't know how many times I have said – I don't like this earth. I hate this alien demon infested rock. And I, you know, want to make it as, you know, I want to, I'm definitely want to, shooting for the barley harvest. I want to, you know, I, I see no biblical reason why I can't make the bar, barley harvest. And I don't see any biblical reason why every single listener of this program can't make the barley harvest. I've preached gazillions of times about, uh, you know, turning over various behaviors and things to the Lord. Do it systematically. Tackle them one at a time. Wake up in the morning. Put your feet on the ground. Raise your hands in the air and praise him because you're going to get the answer. It ain't going to come right away, but you're going to get the the answer, and you will be amazed. I cannot tell you how many times I have fought my way through various behaviors and things that were haunting me and bothering me, and I, and I always have something new I have to work on. Now, all that aside, the thing that I have said over and over again is that I don't want to participate in the new millennium. I don't want to. I've, I've said it many, many times. I want to stay in my transformed Bride of Jesus Christ body, you know, my light, my light being body as a minor God inside the new Jerusalem, which, by the way, is absolutely humongous. It's unbelievably huge. <clears throat> but I, I've said it many times. I don't want to go out. If there's going to be another Gog and Magog invasion and God's going to let Satan out again and all this other creepy weirdness, I, I'm sorry, but I've had it up to here with this earth. Now. If I can, if the Lord is kind enough, you know, to let me stay on the New Jerusalem and hang out in there in my, you know, light being minor God body, okay, transformed and being like Jesus is and all that, I'm cool with that. Because, you know, think about it. The New Jerusalem, how cold has it got to be inside the New Jerusalem? I mean, can you imagine something that huge? Can you imagine how much stuff there is to do and how, I mean, you know, it, that that is just too cool. And I said it, I don't even, like I said, I don't know how many times I've said it, but it's probably way more than a dozen. Uh, and, I, you know, because I, I know there's just too much stuff going on out in the earth, 
And I don't want to – I'm over it. I mean, I, and I, I'm not going to lie to, to the Lord. The Lord knows my heart. If I said anything other than what I'm saying right now, I'm not being irreverent. I just want to stay in my light body, and I want to stay as part of the bride, and I don't want to be exposed to all that Gog and Magog, creepy Satan being left out stuff. Okay, I would like to, you know, believe that I, as, you know, arguably as part of the Church of Philadelphia, which I pray that all of us are, part of the barley harvest, part of the bride of Jesus Christ, that we would be allowed to stay inside the New Jerusalem. And I've said that, you know, and, I, and, and what, where did that come from? Well, when I was reading about the New Jerusalem toward the end, you know, to, toward the end of the book of Revelation coming down, you know, and it said adorned as a bride. So then I thought to myself, well, that must mean that the bride is inside the New Jerusalem. You know, I, it was an assumption on my part, an estimation, a critical thinking, whatever you want to call it. So then I, thought, then, then I formulated that, you know, wish, my hope, my dream. I don't want to go out where the Gaga Magog stuff is going on, where all the creepy weirdness stuff is going on, where Satan's getting – I don't want to deal with that stuff. I mean, by the time we all get there, folks, how many of you are going to raise your hand and say – Wow, I miss Earth. I can't wait to go down and see people murdered again. You know, I mean, no, of course we're not. Why would we want any part of that? Ah, <laughs> well, that was just a hope. That was a dream. We'll call it a dream. That was a hope and a dream of mine. I saw that the New Jerusalem was adorned as a bride, and I thought to myself, hey, wouldn't it be cool if the Lord Jesus would say, hey, man, you know, you can stay right here in the New Jerusalem. You don't have to go out there where all that creepy weirdness is going on. And I know that I would love that. And, and that's why I came right out and said it over all these years. Then today, dun, 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 I pull up Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, and I'm going to start reading it to you. And looky what the Lord showed me. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial. That is a metaphor for the 3.5 years of the Great Tribulation. The hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. Ah, well, if Jesus is keeping us from that hour of trial and to test the whole world, okay, that, you know, uh, then where are we? Well, we're not on the earth. Clear as a bell. All right, it goes on. It says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast um, uh, to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Now, here's get ready. I'm going to start that sentence over. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And he shall go out no more. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of the heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. But the best part is, he shall not, uh, he shall go out no more. So we do get to stay in the New Jerusalem. Don't tell me that isn't cool. Let's have a praise offering for Jesus right now over that. That is just too cool. 
All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right, praise God. So anyway, so on my finely tuned Twitter feed, and it's not just Anish D'Souza. There's other people that are publishing this uh, this up. So when Trump got his mug shot, it was a big deal, of course. You know, um, I I can't even begin to articulate how big of a deal it was. I'm going to play something for you that might capture it a, wee, a teeny weeny weeny little bit. But anyway, um, so D'Souza puts up uh, Martin Luther King. He puts up Martin Luther King's mugshot. And then he says, a mugshot can be a badge of honor. Um, uh, uh, And he says, Gandhi, Mandela, all them had mugshots, and so did this guy, Martin Luther King. And he shows Martin Luther King there in his mugshot. Folks, I hope your memory is working well. In 2016, approximately around March or May, we had Bill Gates, and you know how seeding evil that entity is. Bill Gates come out and publicly say that Donald Trump reminds him that he's going to be another JFK. His wife has been accredited for redoing the um, Rose Garden at the White House, very similar to how uh, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis did. What happened to JFK? Make a note. Remember then that right after the pandemic, there was the um, State of the Union address where Donald Trump sat on a folding chair across from the Lincoln Memorial while Brett Baer and this other lady, I forget her name, from Fox News, had this, you know, discussion with Donald Trump. Of course, they were distanced, and right in the middle is what? President Lincoln. What does JFK have in common with President Lincoln? Okay. All right. Now... We'll forget about the fact that the Simpsons had Donald Trump in a in a casket. We'll forget about the fact that there have been several people that have had dreams and visions of Trump in a casket going down the road. But look at here. Now we have Martin Luther King with a mugshot coming out all over Twitter now. What does Martin Luther King have in common with John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln? Are you putting these pieces together? <sighs> I just bought a uh, a mugshot mug <laughs> with Trump on it with that scally face. I, I'm I don't know, I'm going to pray for the guy. I I I feel bad about thinking the things that I thought about. You know, Glenn Beck said the said the same thing. He came clean and he he thought the same thing that I thought about Trump and uh, Trump in the beginning. Um, and there were some things that Trump did that were kind of childish and things that he said that he shouldn't have said and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. 
But my evaluation over time has changed. I think he's just arrogant and, you know, Trump-esque and all that kind of stuff. But I think his heart is in the right place and all that kind of stuff. I, don't, I mean, think about it. Really, when it comes right down to it, why would be they be so desperate to get this guy behind bars? Why would they indict 19 other people? And when I was looking at one of the indictees, it was a pretty um, blonde-haired um, – uh, not that it really matters, but, I'm, but uh, young, pr- pretty young uh, – lawyer, a lady lawyer. And um, I clicked on her um, profile on uh, Twitter, <laughs> and she's like – it says right there, um, thank, you for, thank you all for contributing to my defense fund because she was getting indicted with the other 19 people or the other 18 people. And, she, and I, it said right below her picture, it said, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the tears started to roll down my cheeks. Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into all the different things that popped into my head and all that kind of stuff. We're going to see a lot more of this stuff happening. Um, just remember, those who dwell, that's a pretty powerful word there, by the way, dwell, in the secret place of the Most High. You know, most people who read Psalm 91, they have no idea what that means. And they also don't realize that it's a condition If you don't dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you do not benefit by the protection of Psalm 91. All right, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just a whole bunch of sad stuff going on right now, and I don't even like to think about it. I don't know how it's going to turn out. We're all just supposed to be watching and praying and being at the ready. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, on that note, let's listen to uh, Greg Kelly on um, Newsmax uh, have a little bit of discussion about what happened with Donald Trump during the indictment uh, with Judge Napolitano. All right, let's double-click on this and take a listen. This is the fourth time now, and I want to show you the mugshot. I'm sure you've seen it, and yeah. uh, it's now on Twitter for everybody to see uh, at uh, Real Donald Trump at Real Donald Trump on Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, we haven't, even though this is the fourth time essentially that it's happened, we haven't seen a mugshot before. What do you think? Well, my thoughts are that uh, the former president is a, a master at uh, turning lemon into lemonade. I mean, right now, nobody is, is seriously talking about any other Republican candidate but him. You'll see that mugshot on T-shirts and on mugs and all over the place being sold for one. profit <laughs> uh, by his, uh, his campaign, probably starting tomorrow morning. And you'll also see his polls amongst Republicans, his approval rating amongst Republicans start to go up. Uh, he, he basically said, come on, bring it on. I need a fourth indictment because his pollsters told him. Once that fourth indictment came, particularly from a state court, particularly taking a state law and really stretching its meaning to to fit the moment, uh, that it would actually help him politically. So, uh, it, and it doesn't, it's not damaging him. And that what I think really has Democrats um, panicking. I actually think behind the scenes they may be panicking and they're thinking of, well, how do we take this? How do we, how do we still inflict damage? Judge Ludig, who I think has lost his mind. Uh, I actually really do believe that. Uh, sorry, but uh, listen to what he said yesterday. I believe uh, to a certainty that there will be secretaries of states in several of the states who will decline to uh, place 
former president on the ballot. Uh, he wants secretaries of state actively encouraging them to not put him, saying that, well, he's guilty of insurrection, so that's justification to take him off. Now, number one, he's not even been charged with insurrection. I find what he is saying a clear and present danger to democracy. What do you this, think of that? This, I, I think I agree with you. This is a very, very dangerous area. Now, now Mike Ludig, whom I know, very well-respected judge, Reagan appointee to the Fourth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, a brilliant and gifted guy, has now adopted this theory, which came about from some uh, law professor friends um, of his and colleagues of his, that simply because there are allegations that Donald Trump may have had something to do with the slowdown in the count, it was delayed by six hours, of the electoral votes on January 6th, that Donald Trump gave aid to an insurrection and therefore state secretaries of state, the people that run the ballots, can keep his name off the ballot. That is extremely, extremely dangerous. He is basing this on state secretaries of state keeping the names of ex-Confederate officers who fought a war against the, the Union in the, in the war between the states. The secretaries of state kept their names off the ballot. There's no comparison between the two. Donald Trump is not accused of an act of violence. Donald Trump is innocent until proven guilty. He's not been proven to have had anything to do with an insurrection. As you point out, he hasn't even been charged with it. But this is a conservative group, the Federalist Society of all people. You asked me about going on the Supreme Court. They're the folks that did all the screening for Donald Trump, and two of their leading lights, among whom is uh, Judge Ludig, are coming up with this theory that independent secretaries of state can say, no, because of what you did or didn't do on January 6th, you can't get your name on the ballot in our state. Not going to happen. Judge Napolitano, so appreciated. By the way, why I said what I said about Judge Ludig, um, he said during the January 6th hearings that he thought Donald Trump and his supporters are, his words, a clear and present danger to American democracy. And he was very deliberate. He chose his words very carefully. And I looked up what that meant. And that means you can essentially suspend parts of the Constitution to eliminate the threat. And that would, quite frankly, be me. Okay, I'm... I'm Make America great again. I'm not a threat to democracy. Okay? Greg, you are not a threat to democracy. You are a great American. And I've worked with you for more than 10 years, including at that other place where we used to work. All right. Praise God. <clears throat> so I thought that was worth spending a little bit of time listening to. Also, uh, attorneys try to use the, uh, just to say we're talking about, the 14th Amendment to try to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. So, um, you know, I, you know. I will say this. I am uh, a little bit concerned about the way that Judge Napolitano responded to that. Um, I was really kind of hoping he would jump out there and say, no way, it could never happen, you know, that kind of thing. But he didn't. He just said it would be really, 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 really bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's kind of creepy. All right. Praise God. Now, what I'm going to play for you right now, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. All right. Hold on just a second. Let me double click and bring it up. Come on. Okay. I think it's going to autoplay. Yep, it is autoplaying. Now, I got to sit. I, now, if you've seen this already, you've seen this already, and that's fine. And I've played this for some people. Uh, I don't know who all. And they've said things like, what are they cheering about? All right. <clears throat> so I got to set the, the stage for you here. What This is some kind of a sports bar, and they have a big screen that is – 
the biggest big screen I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this this makes like an, a 120-inch big screen look small. <laughs> this thing is huge. And there appear to be several hundred people in the facility, and they are all watching the big screen uh, in tandem, in, in, in unison together. Everybody in there, they're all, their eyes are all focused on this big screen. Now, what you're going to hear, because um, I'm going to play it, promptly, uh, is you're going to hear them all suddenly start to scream. Now, when they all suddenly start to scream, that nanosecond of time is the moment that Donald Trump's mugshot was published to the world, and it showed up on that gigantic screen in this sports bar facility. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a listen. Oh, wait a minute. Got to turn on the. Okay, here we go. They're all jumping up and down, jumping up and down, high-fiving the mezzanine. They're jumping up and down. They're high-fiving. Let me tell you something, folks. I've, I used to be a big football fan. I'm not anymore. But I have never seen, ever, in any sports facility in my life, people celebrating with the intensity that these hundreds and hundreds of people are jumping for joy for. The reason is, see, I don't know why, but, but anyway, I'm just going to say what the reason is. The reason is clear. To them, it's a badge of honor. To them, it's like bring it on. To them, the, the flag has been waved, the, the trumpet is played, and the horses are out of the stalls. This is it, the final straw. And they're all screaming for joy because they see this as it. Okay, all right. So anyway, the Kentucky Der- the Kentucky Derby has started to these people. Okay, so and I I won't get into all the other stuff that I heard heard people saying and stuff because let me tell you it's it's gonna get it's gonna get real bad if if even well we've talked about it many times. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Federal judge orders second hearing. This is interesting. A federal judge orders a second hearing in the removing of the Georgia election case. So the one that we just talked about where Trump was, um, uh, you know, where where they were using the RICO, this really twisted interpretation of the RICO racketeering uh, act for these 19 people. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely insane beyond words. But nevertheless, another judge has jumped in and said, "Uh uh-uh. No, no, not not okay with me. So we'll see where that ends up. We have no idea. But there was a total of 41 charges that were filed against 19 individuals, including Trump's former White House chief of staff, a handful of his former lawyers and several so-called false electors who have been accused of helping Trump seek to overturn Joe Biden's 2020 win in Georgia. All right. Praise God. And of course, I dahlia. I mean, you know, what would the fall season be without another hurricane threatening Florida? All right, I had to throw that in there. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Thank you, Jesus. The cases have not been so severe, says this particular individual, as he is commenting on the fact that Kentucky and Texas school districts are shutting down because of a surge of COVID cases. All right. Um, And Peter Shepard, the director of Magoffin County Public Health Department, says – the 40 or so 40 or so covid cases have not been as severe <clears throat> probably because they're flu 
Where did the common flu go? I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, give me a shrimp fork and let me go ahead and rip out my spleen. I'll feel much better later. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Biden requests a whole bunch of new money because he wants to fund a new vaccine. Now, there is intelligence that has been surfacing from multiple different sources, and they are saying that they are expecting to have this new vaccine ready uh, probably within the next 30 days, which aligns with this concept of it uh, of the BA-286 being a big deal. According to Robert W. Malone, the inventor of the mRNA technology, which he uh, is he's very outspoken against uh, against all of this stuff that's going on. Anyway, long story short, he came out and publicly stated that he believes the lockdown this fall will be second to none. It'll be so horrific that you know. And I already see hundreds and 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 hundreds of people on Twitter right now all saying very strong words. I mean very, very strong words. All right. So anyway, it's coming uh, as if we haven't had enough of that noise. All right. Um, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, it's, I'm just going to read it to you. There's an exclusive red alert, according to um, uh, um, Chris Guy. We all know who he is, and he's, he's very outspoken and tried to run for Toronto mayor, but, of course, they stonewalled him. Uh, but anyway, he's talking he's, – he's communicating directly with people at Scotch Creek, British Columbia, where the fires – you know where some some of the major fires are, are burning right now, and there were people that were contacting him and calling him on the phone and showing him pictures and stuff, and they had all of these uh, new. They never saw saw anything like it before. Met, just all kinds of of, of uh, I don't know what you want to call them, first responders or whatever, wearing blue helmets. And I thought to myself, okay, this sounds very United Nationsy, which of course makes me reflect back to uh, Ken uh, Peters' vision of the tribulation, right? Of course, what did he see in in the beginning of it, and Humvees and all that kind of stuff, and right, and United Nations people and all that. So, um, but then there was a discussion after Chris Scott put that up that said that these are actually Canada's heavy urban search and rescue people. So they had put them up on the internet and I went and looked at it and sure enough they do have blue helmets. You know, because after all, that would be the color that you would want to choose so the directed energy weapon doesn't burn your head off. Okay. Next one up. Hallelujah. Level 3 evacuation order. Kanapoli, Maui. Emergency sirens are sounding as the Maui Emergency Management Agency has issued a level 3 evacuation order for Kanapoli uh, uh, in West Maui, Hawaii, due to an approaching brush fire. Multiple firefighters are on the scene battling this, that, and the other thing, this, that, and the other thing. What does it all mean? I mean, you know, we could we could spend... Like I said, folks, people will be talking about the Maui slaughter and the thousands of children that were gathered up for nefarious, extremely evil, satanic purposes. They were sent home from school early for a reason. Okay. Sound of freedom. All right. Anyway, David Martin, why are there so many fires? And this guy makes a comment on this. Let's go ahead and uh, bring this one up and listen. He, he's actually quite, quite correct. Know that 
the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression happened together because industrial agriculture wanted to close down the family farm. Now, that's an objective fact. If you go back and look at it, you know, we didn't have climate change. We had a manufactured financial crisis that did not affect family farms, but was taken from the large corporate banks and infected the family farm banks, which gave rise to the incapacity for farmers to farm. The Dust Bowl was a banking crisis. It was not an environmental crisis. If you look at the bizarre nature right now of the people who are administering the campaign of terror on CO2 emissions, and you're watching them let forest fires be started and burned with impunity, you sit back and go, well, hold on a minute, I thought carbon dioxide was bad. So why are we increasing the carbon dioxide by taking trees out of circulation? Well, the answer is land reappropriation. That's what it's about. It's about reappropriating land. And the best way to reappropriate land is to have a fire. That has been the case since the Old Testament. So this is not a new thing. This has been around for thousands and thousands of years. When humans cannot win on a fair playing field, they use fire. And they use fire to destroy a old appropriation of land and reappropriate it to a new use. There's no question that what is going on in Canada right now is a massive, massive, massive land grab where the state will come in, in its largesse, and propose new development of what? Of things that will be pro-state. All right. So anyway, he's right. Um, but we, what, to be fair, what we really got to do is we got to take into account all the other things that they're burning to the ground. The food facilities, the Tyson companies are just about ready to go out of, out of business. They're shutting down, I think, like, I don't even know how many facilities, but they're very close to going out of business. But anyway, uh, in, in regard to that, the next headline, and by the way, Dr. Tony, if you're there, hang in there for me. I'm almost done, and I'll be right over there. Uh, I'll be pulling you on live, and we got the we, we, we got all the way till 10 o'clock Eastern time, so you, you will have just gobs and gobs and gobs of time. So anyway, uh, just in, in, in synchronicity and harmony with all the things that you've heard thus far, okay, particularly in regard to the fires and, and the things that these evil entities are burning to the ground, which, by the way, is fulfilling the Olivet Discord, uh, Discourse prophecies in uh, Mark 13, Luke 21, Matthew 24, like it's reading like a newspaper. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe that people don't see it, but. A lot of people don't. But anyway, an L, the, one of the largest propane facilities was uh, blown up uh, uh, and just unbelievable fire shut down the entire town. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, but the particular uh, snippet that I grabbed is in Spanish. And I don't read Spanish, so I can't tell you where it is. Oh, no, it was Romania, as I recall. I think I'm right about that. Okay, another headline. Here we go. Second largest oil refinery in Louisiana. Second largest, supposedly. Now, there's a little bit of a debate. No, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to correct that. Okay, I see text here that says, no, it's the third largest United States oil refinery that has been shut down in Garyville, Louisiana, because of what? Another fire. Can you say directed energy weapons? Right. They're just one facility after another. Here, here's another one. Uh, headline reads, here we go again. Another food processing plant burns to the ground. What, what are we up to, 120 now? 
I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Flames devour our forests and homes and wildfires in Greece because they're burning out of control. I've already killed 20 people this week, and, and again, it's just going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. Now, Robert W. Malone, I did mention this. Uh, he has come out publicly and said that he believes that the strictest lockdowns to date are about to return upon the people of the world uh, as a part of this BA286 uh, variant that they're preparing and ramping up and getting ready to stick needles in all of our arms again. I'm not taking it. And I'm, I hope that none of you are either. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. German daycares are you're not going to believe what you're going to hear, but I'm going to read it to you. I don't want to read it to you. It's sickening, but I'm going to read it to you. It's all part of the wonderful end times that we have to be subject to if we are properly watching, as we've been instructed by Jesus, watch ye therefore. Watch ye therefore. Well, hallelujah, that's what we're doing. All right, German daycares are promoting sexual exploration rooms for the children so they can go into their special sexual exploration rooms and explore their bodies and play doctor together. Yeah. No, I didn't make that up. All right, Argentina, Egypt, Iran, Ethiopia, the United Arab Emirates, and South Arabia are going to be joining BRICS, but they're just loading them on. It's unbelievable. 5,000 pilots suspected of hiding major health issues are still flying. I know why, because once they reveal that stuff... Getting back into the, the cockpit is very, very hard to do. And in some cases, you'll never get back in. All right. And uh, anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Dr. Tony Davis. This is going to be a powerful, anointed treat. Praise God. I am so happy that he's joining us tonight. And here we go. Dr. Tony, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, Brother Johnny? Oh, I'm so excited that you're joining us tonight. Praise God. What an amazing testimony. Hallelujah. Anyway, um, uh, now I suspect, just because we've been doing this show for 12 years, and, you know, Nancy does what Nancy does. Thank God for her help. Thank you, Jesus, um, because I, I'm, you know, 20,000 leagues under the sea with a 50-hour 55 hour a week job and everything else under the sun. But anyway, um, uh, so, you know, but she probably didn't tell you how we work exactly. And I wanted to share with you, it's so easy. Just think of yourself. You walked into a church, except this is an electronic ecclesia. And I'm going to take my oh. imaginary folding chair and I'm going to go to the back of the back of the stage and I'm going to set my little folding chair up, and I'm just going to sit there and be quiet. And I'm, going to ha- and I'm going to hand the podium over to you, and you can just, as the Lord leads, as the Holy Spirit leads, you can share with the, uh, the global ecclesia, if you will, <laughs> electronic ecclesia. You can go yeah. ahead and just share <laughs> testimony with them. How about that? Is that all right? That sounds great to me. Amen, brother. All right, it's all yours. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm grabbing the folding chair, and I'm walking back toward the end of the stage. So the microphone is all yours. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you allowing me to on and, and share what God has done in my life, you know, um, in some, such a miraculous way. Um, my story goes on to be, 
um, in 2003, I was um, in Los Angeles um, working my normal job. I worked with special needs clients, and my wife also did the same. Um, on the last day of June, um, the, I was on my way to pick up my wife from work. I had left my job, and I was on my way to pick her up from work in Los Angeles. Um, and on my way there, I was attacked by some gang members unknowingly, knowing, unknowingly even imagining things like this happened to me because I've never been a part of a gang. I never shot anybody. I never just never lived that type of lifestyle. So when I go around the corner where she works to pull up to the facility where she works at, gunfire begin to ring out, and bullets begin to hit the front of my my jeep. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Somebody's shooting at somebody else. And thank goodness, Chriselle, my wife, she didn't have – usually she'd come outside when I pull up. She'll come outside to get in the car, and we'll leave to go home. But on that particular evening, something held her inside for a little bit longer than usual. It was the Holy Spirit. So um, when I heard the bullets hitting my car, and I, I – begin to drive off real fast because I'm thinking somebody is shooting at somebody else, not me. So I go down to the court. I make a quick right. I make another right, and I've had to pull over to the side of the road because one of the bullets had put my back right tire on flat, and, and steam from the radiator had came up and just fogged up my window. Mm. So I couldn't go any further. So I, I got out of my Jeep. I went around and looked. I'm like, oh, my God. What is going on here? What happened? And then I thought about Chris. So I ran over. I left my Jeep. I ran over to the facility, which was a block over from where my Jeep was parked. And I ran up to the house, and I said, oh, my God. And I ran inside. Chris, someone shot at me, and they shot the Jeep. And she said, I heard the gunfire, and I called the police. So the police came, and we went back over to the facility. You know, they we, we went back over the block over to where my Jeep was, and they looked at the Jeep and they said, "Wow, what what, what happened here?" And and they they saw a hole in my in my uh, in my driver door right there at the bottom, and the police said that a nine millimeter did that. I'm like a nine millimeter what? And I said I must have been on the crossfire. I don't I, I don't have enemies like this. I, I'm over here to pick up my wife from work. I, I can't believe this happened. He said, "Well, you know what, Mr. Davis, uh, in this area." Um, there are gang initiations going on. Um, just three weeks ago, we had a, a shooting over on Ascop, which was a few blocks over from where you are, where three people was killed because young people are killing people to join gangs. I said, what? Foolishness? Yes, sir. And, and it looked like you may have been a target from what we we, we, we get an understanding here. But what we're going to do, we're going to go over a few blocks, and, and we're going to go over – and um, doing an investigation on some known gang members in this area that are doing this type of activity, and and and, and um, so we, we'll call another unit to come over to, the, you know, to keep you company or whatever until the AAA truck comes because they call the AAA truck for me to come and pick up my Jeep. And I'm like, are you sure you're gonna leave? Uh, am I gonna be okay? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they said, yeah, the um, the next unit will be here in in any any minute now. I said, oh, okay. Uh, I felt kind of strange being left there, but anyway, they 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 left me there, and um, about five minutes, ten minutes later, um, I was standing there beside my jeep, looking at the hole in my jeep, and like, I can't believe this happened to me. 
And um, all of a sudden, um, I looked down the street there, and I saw the AAA truck about to pass the street, street that I was on. So I, I began to wave down the truck, hey, I'm right here, right here. All of a sudden, uh, from behind me, buzz began to ring out as if I was in a war or something. It was just unbelievable, just loads of bullets. And I remember some of the bullets, you could hear them going across my face and my ears, you know, and, and some of the bullets hit the front of the truck, the AAA truck. And the guy in the truck, he, 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 he stopped real quick, and he threw his truck in reverse, and he backed up real fast, and he hit some parked cars, and he turned around, and he got out of there. I turned to run to try, try to get out of the way of the bullets that was flying through the air. And all of a sudden, my left leg area was shot, and two more bullets hit the same leg. Oh, my God, I got shot. I can't. And I ran, and I fell down in front of my Jeep on the, well, on the right side of the left side where the driver door on the, on the left side of the Jeep right there near the tire. And um, I sit there for a second and try to, trying to grasp myself and wait, wait, and try to understand, wait a minute, did I just get shot? Because I felt this wetness coming on my left leg, pants area, and I just, uh, and I said, wait a minute, I know I did not just get shot by bullets. Uh, I thought it was over, and I'm like, oh, my God, this. And all of a sudden, another person came from the, right front area where I was sitting only behind a tree and he began to shoot me all over again. That bullet hit my right thigh area, then another bullet hit the ground, came up through my through my calf of my right leg, and then bullets went across my face and my chest. And I stood up, you know, and it was like the Holy Spirit just stand up and face your enemy. And I stood up and I said, Enough and I looked, and there was a young kid, looked like he was about 16, 17. He was standing there, and he had the gun pointed towards my head. And I said, why? What have I done to make you shoot me like this? You don't even know my name. Who are you? Why would you shoot me like this? And I said, but in the name of Jesus. And when I said in the name of Jesus, I noticed that his hand began to tremble. See, the Bible said that there's power in that name. It said demons tremble at the name of Jesus. So when I said that his hand began to tremble and he lowered the gun and I began to walk towards light because it was kind of dark where I was what I was sitting at and standing at, at that point. And, and I heard him drop behind the tree saying, my God, what have I done? And I felt like God had, the Holy Spirit gave him a chance, opportunity to release that demonic spirit of killing that was on that young man's life. And I walked as far as I could, and and I and I walked towards the middle of the street, trying to get to this light, and I lost my strength, and I fell down in, in, on the ground, um, and I just began to lift lift my hands towards heaven, and I said, God, I can't believe this happened to me, but I trust you through my pain, Father. I trust you through what the enemy has done because I know it's not you, but it's the enemy that has did me like this, Father. And I reached for my phone, and I called Chris, and I, and I said, Chris, they shot me. And I heard her scream, and then um, I just lost my strength. And I, I remember just lifting my hands up towards the air, towards heaven. 
towards, you know, up in the air. And I said, God, I love you so much. Please take care of my family. Because I felt like I was going to die because there was so much blood around me. Every time my heart would beat, these pools of blood would just pour out all around me. So I was laying in a pool of blood. And I, it was just too much blood. Blood was on my chest and my hands. Blood was everywhere. And um, I just began to worship God in my hurt, my pain. I can't believe this happened to me. I never shot anybody. God, why would this happen to me out of all people? And I just worshiped him. And I felt my heart begin to slow down. And all of a sudden, my heart stopped. And then my hand fell to the ground. Mm. All of a sudden, I saw a shadow come to my right. All of a sudden, a glow began to come towards me. It was a white light, a glow. And all of a sudden, a lady, an older lady, she had on all white. Her hair was long. It was black and gray. And she had a glow on her face. I don't know what nationality she was because she had this beautiful glow. And I felt like, oh, this is my garden angel. That's what I felt. She picked my head up, and she placed it in her lap. And she said, it's going to be all right. And then she looked up and said, my God, what have they done? And then um, I thought to myself, she's going to get her dress all bloody <laughs> because blood was everywhere. And she rubbed my head again, and then the third time, I felt my soul come out of that body, my spirit, and it came and it went up towards the, the sky, and I saw my body laying there in this puddle of blood, and I flowed towards these clouds. The closer I got to these clouds, the more beautiful it was, the more love, the more joy, the more peace I felt. All of a sudden, when I got so far up and close to the cloud, a window opened through the cloud, and over through that window, I saw this huge, beautiful city. I saw Colors I've never seen, these beautiful radiant colors on earth before. They were just marvelous, just beautiful radiant colors. And they was glittering all through the city. And I saw these sparkles of light floating through the city. And there was angel wings. There was wings going in and out these lights. I saw uh, this huge column like a pole, like a pillow of pole, going up into the, uh, into the clouds there. And down below there was this yellowish glow, like a gold glow coming from the ground. And I believe that was the streets of gold, as they say. And I just tried to push my way inside. I heard people talking. I heard people just like they were so happy. And I saw these images of people. I couldn't see faces at all. I couldn't see no face. But I saw these images of people. My God, it was so beautiful. And the love, all of my cares of this world went away from me. All of my concerns of of my wife or my family, my mother, my sisters, my friends. I felt like everything is going to be all right, Tony. God has everything in control. I felt this array of, of joy to my left, to my right, with unspeakable joy and peace. And down the center was pure love, pure love. And all of a sudden I saw this cloud come towards me, and it was the arms of God in the form of a cloud. And his arms surrounded me. He held me in his arms. And he said, it's going to be all right. Be all right. He didn't say it in my, in my, in my ears, but in my, in my, you know, in, in my spirit, in my soul. See, God doesn't speak to our flesh. He speaks to our spirit because he is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And all of a sudden he said my name. He said, Tony. It's going to be all right. I need you to go back 
there's a message I need you to deliver to my people. I said, no, God, please, I don't want to go back, God. I don't want to go back to that cruel world. I want to stay right here in my peace and his joy and his love with you, Father. And he said, but there's work that I need you to do. I need you to go back. And I'm like, no, please, please, no, I don't want to go back, God, please. I'm done. I'm done with that world. And then the third time he said my name again, Tony, I need you to go back. I was so hurt. And I heard a blow, like a wind blowing real lightly, you know, and I began to flow backwards. My hands were going through clouds. I was trying to grab something to stay where I was. And all of a sudden, I, I took this deep breath, and I breathed. And when I breathed, I opened up my eyes. And there was this old guy, this older gentleman. He was a doctor. He was standing over me. And um, hmm, he was about to put this sheet over my head. But I breathed. And when I breathed, he dropped the sheet. And he ran out the room. I scared him. And, oh, my God. Mm, I scared him. All of a sudden, I looked around the room, and I noticed that there was this tube coming from my throat. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm back here. You sent me back to this cruel world. You sent me back here, God. A mission to deliver your message of forgiveness, of peace and love and joy of forgiveness. And all of a sudden, I just laid there, and, and I remember just tears running down my face. I just went into the sleep. And um, the next day or so, I remember waking up. I can't remember the exact day. I And um, I remember doctors and things were standing around me, and they was talking. I remember my wife was there. And um, they were just explaining to me what I had went through. And they said, Mr. David, you're such a, a lucky man. Um uh, you was there for 30 minutes, and um, we didn't think that you would come back this way because um, after three minutes of death, there's no oxygen going to the brain, so the brain goes dead. But you're such a lucky man. I said to myself, no, I'm not lucky. I'm not blessed. And you have no idea what I saw. Then the next following day, I just fell asleep, and I was just feeling so so hurt and distraught from coming back to this world. I think it was the next following day, and I remember waking back up again, and the doctor was standing over me, and they began to explain to me what I had gone through. And and um, he explained to me that, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I was breathing through it. I had a trach in my throat, and he told me that, unfortunately, they would have to put a permanent trach on the left side of my throat if they can't get me to say a word because um, they did an emergency trach, and they mistakenly cut a piece of my vocal cord, so I wouldn't be able to talk anymore, but they could put a plastic stent there, I mean a plastic uh, um, box there for me to speak out of with a microphone. And I just shook my head and said, I cannot believe and I cannot accept that God would send me back here to be like this. And then he said, well, the only other thing we can say now, please, Mr. Davis, don't don't be discouraged, but... Your left leg, we we put a plastic stent there, and unfortunately, it's not sitting right. So uh, the leg is dead, and we're going to have to cut off your left leg. And I just shook my head. I could not believe I'm hearing all these things that's about to happen to me. You're going to cut off my left leg. I'm not going to be able to talk anymore. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't fathom that. I'm like, you know, 
why would God bring me back here to be in such a way? And I'm not that kind of person, God. I've never hurt people. I don't do things like this. I'm just an encourager. I've always been a light to people. Never did crazy stuff. And I just, like, I couldn't believe it happened. And um, they pushed me in this room called an amputation room. And they prepped me to cut off my left leg. I remember 12 o'clock midnight. Mm. I was laying there in that room, and I remember they had, there was three other people in the room. And um, what they did was they had cut this guy's leg off, and I remember them coming back saying that they need to cut off some more because something about the leg was not properly cut enough. And I remember I remember I began to pray for that man. I took the cares off of myself, man, and I'm like, God, please give him peace. Please, God, please, 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 Lord, give him peace. He's, you know, he's in so much pain and agony, and I saw him reaching down for a leg that wasn't there, and it was just blood on that covering that they had on the on the leg. They had cut it right right below the knee. And I laid back, and I just prayed for him, and I just shook my head, you know. And um, I remember laying on back, and I just fell into the sleep. And um, all of a sudden, I felt something come into the room. And I remember God speaking to me. The whole room got warm, and it got this warmth and sensation, and and everything around me had got quiet. All outside, I could hear cars, anything, because I was downtown at L.A. at the Cesar Savage Hospital, which was you know, a ward, a, a, a kind of hospital where they send patients to die, you know, because they had called these other hospitals called Cedar Sinai and King Drew, and they turned me down. That's what I was told. So they sent me to this this county hospital to die because they said he's not going to make it. He he shot too many times he's not going to make it so they sent me to this place to die is basically what it was and uh but 12 o'clock midnight there was a turnaround in my room because i remember when god came in that room it was the holy spirit and he said one word to me that forgive forgive and i wrestled with that for a moment forgive look what they did to me god why should i i've never shot anybody i never held a gun why should i forgive that enemy that did this to me and he said to me, if you forgive, see, he didn't speak to my ears. He spoke to my spirit, man. If you forgive, I'll make you whole. Oh, I wrestled with that. I wrestled with that for a moment with this blood coming from a trach in my throat. I'm like, I can't leave. This has happened to me, and I, I have to let go of what these people, these evil people did to me. And I wrestled with it for a moment. I thought about it. I said, you know what? I trust God beyond my pain. Beyond what I'm seeing in front of me, he's shown me heaven. He showed me the beauty of heaven. He showed me the, I felt the love. I felt the joy. I saw the colors. I felt the separation from this earth to that to that new place, that new Jerusalem. I felt all that love and to be there and not stay there. And he bring me back here. I trust him. I said, you know what, God, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. I choose to forgive. We, we're not going to never feel like forgiving someone that had torn our life apart or hurt us so bad. We never forgive that. We, we, it's difficult to forgive. You know, but it's a feeling is, uh, forgiveness is not the feeling of that thing, but it's 
a choice. I choose. In other words, I'm giving all of my hurt, my pain to God. I'm trusting Jesus that you would carry me out of this, carry me through this pain, through this hurt, through the disgust, through this shame, through this why me. I'm trusting that you would do that for me, God. I forgive. I gave it to him. And when I gave it to him, I'm telling you, this is the God of the truth. I felt a warm sensation touch my leg. It went up to my artery area of my thigh area where they put that plastic stent. And I felt like something was being put together in my leg. It went on up to my throat, and I felt something being mingled together in my throat. And I lifted my hands and just began to worship God. I said, you said you would never leave me or forsake me, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your healing power, Jesus. And I worship him in my hurt, my distress. I worship him in my shame. I worship him right there. Thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I laid back and I fell into this sleep. And I felt something touch my leg a moment later. That I well, actually touched the bottom of my, of, my, of my foot. And I opened my eyes up, and there was doctors around me. And they was, there was training doctors showing doctors how to cut the leg off, how they, they had prepped my leg. They had, they had um, marked my leg above the knee to cut it off. But when I jumped the leg, they were like, whoa, wait a minute, that leg just moved. And they began to touch the leg and shake the leg, and, and I was moving the leg. They were like, you know what, we, 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 wait, 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 wait. This leg was about to get cut off. Rush them the x-ray. Let's see what's going on. So they rushed me the x-ray, and they could not believe that my leg had came back to life. They did not have to amputate my leg. So they pushed me back to this other room, and they said, Mr. Davis, there's some strange things. We cannot believe what we just witnessed with your leg. The plastic stand is there. The color has came back into your leg, and your leg is alive. We don't have to cut off your leg. Wow. Then the next day, I remember another doctor came into the room, and he wanted he was going to prep me for a voice voice box on the left side of my throat. And I remember he came to me and Mr. Davis, um, I know you're a singer. We heard you're a gospel artist. It's going to be all right though. Um, things like this happen to good people, but it's going to be okay. Uh, we heard you're a good guy. It's going to be okay. Um, and he, 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 he marked the side of my throat and, and, um, he went out the room to, to tell the other doctor to come in that was going to do the surgery, I guess. And the doctor came in and I'm telling you, it was as if God had spoke to that man. He came in the room. He knew I was going to be all right. He said, you know, wait, 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 let, let's just see something here because this guy got some, some miracle stuff going on with him. And he said to me, he said, Mr. Davis, if you can just say one word, just concentrate. He said, I'm going to pull this tube from your throat. Just push air towards the top. Just try to say something towards the top of your, out of your mouth. And if you can do so, we will have to put this trait here. This is day number three. And after this, we, we have to put that permanent uh, trait there for you to breathe out of. But if you can just say something, you know, in this box there. He took the thing off, and at first um, I, I took a deep breath, and he took it off, and I tried to, and I couldn't breathe. He put it back on. He said, Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, I heard that you were the man of faith. He said, so am I. Just say one word, sir. Just just, just concentrate. Just trust, tr- trust your God. Trust God. I said, wow. 
wow, okay. Okay, I did that to myself. And I took a deep breath, took it off again, and I said, Jesus, my healer, my deliverer, my way maker, Jesus. And he said, look up there, whoa. And he, took, he said, look, get me the needle and thread. He got a needle and thread in the room. They brought it in the room. The guy was like, I don't know what happened. I, I, I can believe this guy. I, I tried, sir. He said, no, no, bring the needle and the thread. And his assistant. And he brought the needle and thread, and he, and he sold, my whole, sold the hold up on my throat. And I've been worshiping God. I've been praising God. My voice has came back better. My leg, I can jump and run on my leg. Everything that the devil tried to take from me, God restored my joy, my peace, my forgiveness. Everything that the enemy did to me, God restored. Even about two months later after I got out of the hospital, I said, God, I'm going to go back over there to deliver these enemy, to deliver these young men from the evil that they're doing to innocent people. I went back over there. I didn't tell my wife. But when I got there, there was tape around that house. A homeless man came out of nowhere, and he said to me, those are your people? I said, no, I came to forgive. Forgive what? He said, the dog old shame. Those guys been shooting other folks. Another gang came back over here and retaliated and killed all those guys that was involved with killing people. I said, what? I came to forgive these guys. You mean to tell me they're dead? I said, I came to forgive. He said, forgiveness, huh, that was for you. And I turned around, and the homeless man was gone. He had disappeared. He wasn't there anymore. I was shocked. I went around the corner. Wait, wait, wait. I know this guy because the guy was limping, and he barely could walk well, and he had a cart. But see, that was an angel, guys. I went around the corner. He wasn't there. I couldn't find him. I went around the other side of the corner. He wasn't over there. I just couldn't believe the guy was gone. So that was an angel in disguise. He told me the forgiveness was for you. Wow. So from that point to this point, I've been praising God. I've been serving God. And God has done some miraculous things in my life. And I've shared my story across multiple platforms and I'm here today with my brother Johnny sharing it as well and there's a movie that's been produced about my story called I Forgive starring Lou Gossip Jr. as the voice of God within my film and here we are there we are sharing the good news of Jesus sharing the healing power of forgiveness and we are going across this country on a tour promoting forgiveness and triumph over tragedy as God has instructed me to and I'm on this quest to change lives across this country, across this world, until my time is done, until my work is done, and I can go back home to be with the Lord. Amen. Amen, Brother Johnny. <laughs> wow. I'm sitting here bawling like a baby. This is <laughs> unbelievable. What is the name of um, – oh, my gosh, I hope I have that much faith if, if anything like that ever happens to me. Um, that is awesome. Um, and you know what the forgiveness thing? The forgiveness thing, it's so amazing. You know, uh, we had Henry Groover years ago on the program. I mean, like 10 years ago and stuff before he passed away. But anyway, um, he was, uh, you know, over in the Middle East, and some guys from Hezbollah jumped out of a cave, and they grabbed him and drug him into the cave, and and, and they held held a knife right to his throat, and they were cutting his, his throat. And the Lord said to him, oh do not – 
yeah, the Lord said to Henry, he said, you know, in his spirit, the Lord said, say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, but do not move your lips. And Henry prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the man from Hezbollah dropped his knife and said, get out of here and threw him out of the cave. So the power, the power in forgiving somebody, what happens is you release. Now, I know I I feel that you know this in your heart, and I I really do strongly. But I'm just saying I I try to tell people about this a lot because what we – that power of us being able to forgive with the love of Jesus other people, what that does is that when you forgive them, Father, forgive those mean people that are trying to come to my house and do bad things. Forgive them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Forgive them. And what happens is it disarms the demons. The demons that are controlling the people no longer have a legal right to stay there. That's right. And they flee. That's it. Amen, brother. And so what happens is it gives the power back to us. Yeah. That's – what is the name of this movie? Exactly it. Well, I tell people all the time. Tell tell us, You're on point. No, you are totally on point. When you – it's like let go, let God. When you forgive, like that young man, I saw the darkness in his eyes. When I said, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to shoot me anymore because he was about to shoot me in the middle of my head. And I saw these black eyes clear up. It was like demon yep. possessed that left his body when demon I said possessed. Jesus. Because the Bible says the devils tremble at that name. The That's demons right. flee at that name. And so when That's I right. said that, but yeah, so title of the film is I Forgive. Just those two words, I Forgive. Wow. I love that. Yes. When is it coming out? Yes. When do you think it's going to be available? Yes. Yeah, it's available right now. I I, I have distributed yeah. through Bridgestone, BMG Global, and oh, it's on all the platforms. It, it's on go? Hulu. It's Let's on go. Tubi. It's on. Okay, and you where can do we go? go? Well, In other words, it up right no, now. Look, so so look, let me look, let look me ask you, Tony Davis. Tony Davis, I forgive. Okay, and yeah. um, and if I if I may. Allow me to ask this question because I I just know from doing this for so long what's going to happen. So I'm going to get like yeah. emails from people Aldra <laughs> and France and Africa and stuff like that. And so would you please share with the audience where can they go to meet up with you on the internet to send you an email to go to your do you have a website where can they go to to learn more to be more of a, a part of your testimony. Yes, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, they can go to the to the website. Yeah, they can go to our website at at uh, org. They can go directly there, and they, they can see the links to the film. They can watch the film there. Uh, they can email me as well at um, it's Tony Davis. That's one word, Tony Davis, at nipfoundation.org. Again, that's Tony Davis at N as in Nancy, I as in any of P for Paul, foundation.org, because I have a nonprofit called National Increased Peace Foundation. Oh, that's awesome. NIP, National, um, well, Nancy India Papa, folks. Okay, so it's NIPfoundation.org, right? 
Yeah, that's the email. The email is first you put Tony Davis all Tony together. Davis. That's T O N right. Tony Davis Ack. Then the N I T Foundation Dunport. Perfect. Okay, so folks, I'm going to repeat this one more time for y'all. Okay, so get out your piece of paper or your pencil or whatever. Tony Davis at nipfoundation.org. Okay, that's his email. All right, and then to see the movie, uh, go to www.iforgivethemovie.org. Okay, and then you can actually see this. Wow, I, I am, I'm, I'm psyched. <laughs> I'm psyched, man. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see this. Wow. Yeah, and they can go to Amazon. They can can also go to Amazon Prime. They can go to Hulu, Tubi. It's it's everywhere. Bridgestone is doing a great job releasing the film for the last few months. That is awesome. Praise God. Okay, folks, one more time. I'm just going to toss this over to you one more time because I know people are going to be asking. Tony Davis at NIP, that's Nancy India Papa, foundation.org. That's his email. <laughs> and then also the movie is at www.iforgivethemovie.org. I, you're not, you, we're not forgiving the movie, but we will forgive you if you don't see the movie right away. How about that? <laughs> anyway, thank you very right. much. This this is no, a testimony. You, I was here all in. Oh. I can't imagine yeah, going through that. Oh man! Yeah, I never shot anybody, man. I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't deserve that. But not so did Jesus deserve what he went through. And just to think that those young people in L.A., those young kids, was just to join a gang. They was killing people, innocent people, man. Unbelievable. And I told that devil, I said, you know, just for doing that to me, I'm going to save the lives of millions. I said, you watch, I'm going to use this platform to save the lives of millions to bring them to Christ to be saved around this world. That's the and same way I God think. God open up those doors, you know. And See, I got a call I, from I TBN. I got a call from, I got a call yes. from TBN. I got a call from Dr. Oz. I got a call from Eddie Bio. I got a call from Discovery Channel. Just to share because that's what God said. I want you to deliver my message of forgiveness. And so I've been sharing those messages on those major platforms. God opened up those doors. And now I'm here with Brother Johnny. Here we are. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I, we have a lot in common. When you, when you said, I'm going to take this, you know, I'm, you know the devil going to think he's going to do that to me. Well, then here's what I'm going to do to the devil. I'm, I'm exactly the same <laughs> way, brother. Let me t- I am exact. I'm like, I, I won't go through my testimony. We all got uh, things we went through, you know, nothing like yours. Not, nowhere near as traumatic as yours. But, but I had, you know, so I went through some pretty crummy things, uh, you know, ambulances and police in the front of the car and somebody tried to kill me and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, anyway uh, the, wow. but here's the thing. When I reflect, it was a, it was a woman that was demon possessed, and she was sent by a witch coven to kill me. <laughs> I mean, it really is just a simple. Wow. But anyway, oh yeah, I was standing. I had four police cars, four Hillsborough County police, all, uh, all standing out through. All the lights are gone. There's an EMT vehicle at the end of the driveway, uh, you know, and this woman Ooh. who was possessed possessed by this demon. She had just thrown me down the stairs, smashed my head into the wall. So there's this big hole in the wall, which oh I covered up God. with a pencil. Oh, yeah. And then went downstairs and tore the place up. And, and then she very, the entity, the entity that was controlling her, walked very calmly out into the front yard and proceeded to explain to the police how I had tried to kill her. So when I oh walked out of the I know, right? And so then I walked out of the front up door of the house, uh, 
and I'm just in my shorts, and I'm in a total state of shock. There's blood dripping down all over my face, the top of my body. She bit half my finger off. The entity did. The entity. I, I shouldn't say she. But anyway, and um, and uh, the police, the head, the head guy. You could, you can always tell who the head, the police officer in charge is because it's the one that's not talking to anybody. He's just watching everything. And I looked over, and this guy's like. This guy's huge, okay? Like numbers thirteen in the Giants kind of come to mind. This guy, and he looked. He took one look at me. He saw all the blood, and he stared me right in the face. And I looked at him and I said, "All the only words that came out of my mouth were, were I have cameras." <laughs> you know, because I have security camera. And he looks over at me and Thank he goes, goodness. "We know, we know you do." And then he says, "Arrest her!" <laughs> and he threw her in the back of the police. Car. <laughs> Thank God, uh, man! It's amazing people don't that, think those. But brother, that's our motivation. That's our motivation. That's what gets us up in the morning. That's why now it's like I am motivated to take that event and shove it right in the devil's face. You understand what I'm there saying? There you go. It's a, it's a beautiful you go. thing. Yes, yeah. because you are more than conquerors. You are more than a conqueror. Exactly. And that's what the word says. So, you know, we can trample over demons and serpents. People thinking those things are just a mirage, all oh, people saying demons. But people are actually demon-possessed. The devil is walking around seeking those that he can devour by going into these people and using them to destroy each other, to hurt each other, to separate each other with all this foolishness. Yep. It's demonic. Okay. There are demons out there, man, yeah. and they are real. No, they are very, very real, and and of course, you know, the, many have said, and correctly so, that one of Satan's greatest weapons is to stay anonymous. But now, nowadays, yes. though, um, nowadays, though, it's not so much the case. Now they're in your face. Now you watch the Grammy Awards, and they, yes. you know, it's it's child sacrificial ceremony, man. I, I was yes, I was so about they, to say that they got so bold yeah, just to make us get back to the yeah. Grammy Awards where they was worshiping God. I said, "Look at these demons right before our face worshiping the devil." They were, they and were dead, what bloody really baby. Me off with, man, yeah. it, it was unbelievable, and I found it disgusting that some pastors, let's keep it real, those that claim to be pastors, were sitting out there not rebuking or binding or just sitting there watching that foolishness as if it was okay. Unbelievable. I, how could you stand there and watch brother, those activities? That's a spirit. Brother, brother, let me tell you something. This is between you and me, and and I am a very serious, like you are, you know, literalist. I read the Bible. I take everything very seriously. Okay? and And I will tell you this. And it took me, a, you know, just giving you a little bit of kind of an FYI thing. Right now, if the church has more than 50 people in it, it would be wise to expect that Satan is operating that church. And that the pastor that's wow. behind it may not even be human. 
there's the, the the situation on the earth right now is so gruesome and so demon possessed and so horrible. They're talking. You, you got Jim Caravel, uh, you know, doing Sound of Freedom, talking about adrenal chrome and, and and drinking children's blood and all this kind of stuff. They've been doing that stuff since Molech back in the old Testament. And they're it's right in our so face, true. man. It, you know, so, so you know. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is we're leaving. We aren't mm, from here. Come on. And we ain't staying here. Hallelujah. <laughs> right <laughs> That's on. Right. That's right. Hallelujah, man. That's right. You know, they, they have a Satan church in Hollywood now. You know, they, they've been had it there, though. People don't know. It's a down low, but it's, they, the cross is upside down. And, you know, they, they show the, the, the leader of this church, this so-called pastor i don't know why we call himself a pastor and you know that that was all on the news years ago you know they they but they, they they are gaining traction with these people especially this new generation that wants to follow those types of things they they are just clung to this evil they they, they so i've seen a lot of selfishness it's all about me 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 and not about you know helping others and loving others and respecting others it's just it's a whole other world now Oh, man. I mean, it's I tell people all the time here and you'll dig this. You'll totally dig this. So um, but anyway, I tell people all the time the Bible today reads like a newspaper. Okay, perfect example. Second Timothy four, verse three for the time will come. Now, I love I pay attention to every teeny weeny little bitty word in the Bible. I'm I'm really. I have obsessive compulsive disorder really bad, and I look at every word. Now, when it says here in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, it says, for the time will come. Now, we need to all stop and think. The time will come. When was this penned? About 300 AD through the the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's about 2,000 years ago when this was penned, right? So when this says for the time... Um, it's talking about right now. For the time That's will right. come when they will not, they, the Christians, come. will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own there desires, they, have ears, they will heap up for themselves uh, teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, the love of Jesus, come and on. the forgiveness other, and they will be turned aside to fables, and they will think that they can be LGBT, element of QRST, uh, whatever, Come and on. that it's all going to be fine, and they're going to get to go to heaven. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. There was a price that was paid, but it doesn't give you your free Willy Wonka ticket in heaven. There is an obligation yes. on our part to be obedient. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So right, you know. I believe, like those young guys that God allowed the enemy to wipe away. See, God would take His hedge of protection from around us, and I believe because I believe they had a reprobate mind. When we, when God would turn us all yeah. over to our own desires, and I believe that when you, when you're not going to change, God said, "I'm giving you chances. I've given, I've sent warnings, and you're not going to change." So guess what? Go ahead and have your own king. Go ahead and have your own way, and watch what the enemy does to you. And I believe, and I've seen it so many times. Where it's happening all across the world, where God is saying, okay, enough is enough. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to receive me. You don't receive my son. Go ahead and see what your, what the devil does to you, since you want to live that way. It, it, it's really sad, man. It's, 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 you know, we, we got to stay, 
stay with Jesus. We have to continue to walk with him. Amen. And, you know, the scripture that I hold on to in a, um, on behalf of the lost, and we all know that there's billions of lost out there. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, a lot of them are Christians, people who believe they're Christians. But anyway, um, That's true. you know, it, it, it is true. It's kind of sad. But anyway, the thing about it is I love Acts 2, 17 through 21, which is a repeat from Joel 2, because especially verses 20 and 21, it says, blood fire and vapor of smoke, and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when I turn people over, when I, I, I say, Father, forgive them in the name of Jesus, uh, you know, surround them with the whole, I cast the dagnabbed demons out of them. I call down the holy fire of God, uh, Zechariah 2, 5, to surround them. I, I you, know, d- you know, do not let the demons re-enter them, you know, that's out of Luke 12. And anyway, yeah. but, but the whole thing is, I want... I ask the Lord, send your angels and the presence of Jesus, please, into their dreams and into their visions of the night. Because that's right out of Job 33, 14, and 15, where it says, man, uh, man, uh, oh, yeah, man, uh, oh, dagnabbit, I got my thing here. Let me just go ahead and pull it up. Uh, Job um, 33, um, 14, I believe it is. Yeah, for God may speak in uh, – oh, this is wrong. I need I need the King James. Hold on just a second. I had another version up. Okay, hold on. All yes. Right. God speaketh once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, in slumbering upon the bed, and he opens the ears of men, and he seals their instruction. Mm, amen. Amen, brother. Yes. So that I'm like saying, Father, you know, because check it out. I, you're gonna love. You'll love this too. Isaiah, it's one of my favorites. Isaiah 43:25. Our Father says, "I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake." I love that. And I, not, I will not remember your sins. Keep me in Ooh. remembrance. Us contend together. And I'm like, you got it, Lord. <laughs> Yes. We're the ones who call down the power. Hallelujah. We're the ones who call down the yes. angels. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 That's, he why, he us the the mission. <laughs> That's why yes. he sent you back with a mission. <laughs> That's right. Yes. He did. And I hated I it, brothers. It. And I did not want to come back here, man. I'm like, come back to this. I mean, man. Because when you go there, all of the cares about this place goes away. All of the hurt, the pain. I'm worried about this. I'm worried. All that goes away, and it's like you are assured that it's going to be all right. I'm going to take care of that. Don't worry about that. Just come into my peace. Be a part of my love. Be here in my joy. Don't worry about that. Your your, your tests are over. Your, your your transgressions are over. Come and be here and just, oh, it's just so beautiful, man. I'm telling you, man, the love that I felt, I, I've never felt that good. Sometimes I just close my eyes and try to go back there again. It's just to be in the presence of God, just be in the presence of heaven. The love that I felt, you know, was beyond this, where I've never felt that could before. You know, and just to think that when you get there, you don't have to worry about this anymore. No more heartache, no more cancer, diabetes, oh or gosh. sickness, but pure you love, know, I, nothing but love. So get this, you're gonna love, speaking of which, you're going to love this. So in the beginning of the program tonight, 
Um, I I have uh, I I told people you know over the years you know I I talk about different things, and I said I said this is perfectly in alignment and harmony with what you just said by the way. Okay, so what I said was because wow. I feel this. I feel the same as you do. This is an alien demon infested rock. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Get me off this alien. Get, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Okay. Well, here's the thing. So I'm like reading Revelation and I'm like going, okay, well, check it out. The new Jerusalem is coming down from heaven adorned as yeah. a bride. And But then, but yeah. then afterwards, there's another Gog and Magog war, and then, and then our father leaves Satan out one more time. And I would tell people, I'm like, hey, man, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be spending no 1,000 years with no Gog and Magog okay. and Satan comes back. You know what I'm saying? And, and so what I would tell them is I'd say, I hope, I hope as part of the bride of Jesus Christ that we're going to be in our transformed bodies and we'll be living in the new Jerusalem and all that other stuff will be on the outside. Well, guess, get this, brother, check it out. Revelation 3.10, where it's talking about the Church of Philadelphia, here's what it says. The Lord just showed this to me this morning. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of, hour of trial, which will come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell upon the earth. Which, of course, that means that we're not here. He goes on and says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, then one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall oh. go out no more. He shall Lord, go right. out no more. And then it says, I will write on him the oh. name of my God and the name of my city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes new. down from the heavens. Yes. The promise. We don't have to leave the New Jerusalem and all that weird hocus pocus dominocus weirdness is happening during the new millennium. We can hang out in the new inside the New Jerusalem. Does That's that rock right. or what? And no, I don't want to be on okay. that mess. <laughs> That's right, man. It says right here. I mean, no more worries. There you go, man. All we got to do is get yes. there. We're almost there. We're so close. We're so close. We are so close, man. I could just feel it in my spirit. We are so like there, you know, and uh, especially if, if there's look at the, how do we know? Look at the signs of the time. Look at the, the occasions of the world. You can see how dark it has gotten. It's gotten so dark, like what we just said earlier, where people have gotten, the devil has gotten so bold. It, it, it will it will worship, have people worshiping it right before our eyes in entertainment. You know, and, you know, and, and you're like, I, I gotta admit, I, I'm not, I'm not into rap. I just, it's just something about that. I just, the majority of that, it's just so demonic to me. The, the, the lyrics, the things that it promotes, and I think it just has cultivated the minds of our young people. I didn't say all of it, so I don't want people to always say no. I, but the majority of it is, if you listen, it's some dark stuff there, and I believe that it's this the enemy that has set that up to hurt God's children, our younger generation. And it just drives their mind, their thoughts into doing negative things. If you just look at that and look at the data, you will see what I'm saying is the truth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, it's um, I yeah. you know one of the things that I pray for on the show all the time is I pray that our Father. What a, what a I like analogies because they help you to get a point across, you know. And um, you know, people are waking up. A lot of people are waking up. Now, they're not waking up as fast as I would like them to, but they're waking up. And and as they wake yeah. up, they wake up different degrees. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I mean? Not yeah. everybody wakes up. So, so what I say is I, I like to use this term. We all have taken a thousand milligram red pill, but the rest of them Ooh. still on the you know five milligram red pill. You know they're on the twenty milligram red pill. <laughs> haven't quite woke up yet. You know all the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's rough, man. When you take the thousand milligram red pill, man, you you see that you see the stuff that's going on around you, man. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It really is. It really is. That's why the Bible says we may be in the world, but we can't. But we, but we not of the world. You know, we, we can be in it, but not of it. In other words, we can't affiliate ourselves with the foolishness, with the, with, you know, with the down, with the nastiness of it. You know, and and expect. You know, it's amazing. Some folks think, well, oh, I'm gonna be saved anyway, or you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God for forgiveness. No, guess what? The enemy will swipe you out before you have this opportunity to ask for forgiveness. I've seen it yep. done to people that it just comes and they're gone, and that breath is gone, yep. and you have no time for repentance. So don't think that, okay, well, I got this last minute. Okay, a lot of the enemies say, oh, no, you think the devil want to give you your breath back once he grabs it from God? Come on. So, you know, don't fool yourself. You've you got to just, you know, be, stay righteous as possible. Nobody's perfect. We're not saying you've got to walk in perfect. Nobody, you know, not we in this earth, we're dealing with people who we're never going to be perfect. There's always going to be challenges and foolishness that come our way, but firm on the word of God. And just do your part to be of a good person, man. Just be of a loving person and share his love that he shined on your life. That's what he did for me. They can't believe I'm walking and talking. I don't supposed to talk, you know, and, and I did another album singing right after um, when they get a chance, they, they need to look at my video called My Everything. They, they'll see my voice where God restored my voice, you know, My Everything by Tony Davis. Beautiful song. I wrote that song when I was laying in the hospital with a tube in my throat and my leg about to be amputated. They're telling me that I'm not going to talk anymore. But the Jesus wow. that I serve, hallelujah, he healed my voice. He gave my voice back when the doctor said, you wouldn't talk or sing anymore. Oh, yes, I will. And I'm going to walk right and I'm going to be right in Jesus' name. Yes, He will. Amen. I love that. I love that. I'm still. I'm. I'm recovering from a, a little bit of a knee surgery thing, and I'm. I'm just going to pr- make that proclamation myself every single day. I'm just going to say, "Thank you, Jesus." In Jesus' name, I'm going to anoint it with oil. I'm going to say, "In the name of the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, be thou made whole." I command it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. And, and you hey. do that, brother Johnny, for real. Do that, man. Seriously, because. I remember when I came after God healed me, my leg was the leg was like folded a little bit, right? And they said, "Oh, you're gonna have a limp." You're gonna, I said, "No, no, 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 I'm not gonna have no limp." God, and I talked to my leg. I said, and as I begin to walk, I said, "God made you whole, and whole you shall be. You will not have a limp. You will not have. You will walk straight. You will walk right. You will have the strength that God gave you." I speak to my bone marrows. I speak to my blood flow. I speak to my vessels. I declared it, and I'm telling you, within a week, that leg straightened out, man, and it was, and I'm walking and jumping and running on that leg. There's no limp there, so you you decree that, nice. you declare that, and you watch it you happen. Oh, I'm I'm on it. Happen. I'm on it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Speak I hate. There's a lesson. Oh, you know it. You believe me. <laughs> you know what? You want to know the thing that I, I dislike the most about the healing process? Is they told me uh-huh. in the last visit to the surgeon, they said to me, 
you're still healing. You're going to be healing for a while. And they actually said these words to me. They said, we don't want you to get on your knees. And to me, that's like, that's like, you don't say that to me because I spend time (laughs) on my knees before my God, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm very determined. Yes, you, know, if you Jesus are. Is going to get on his knees, yeah, if he's going to get on, if Jesus is going to be getting on his knees and, you know, seeking the Lord and, you know, I want to, I want that same power too. I want to be on my knees before a mighty God as well. And I, I think that's a, not only is an act of respect, but I really believe with all my heart that that uh, adds an element of extra power to your prayer. I really believe that. It does because you 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 are you are humbling. When you humble yourself, that's when Jesus rises up even more. Because I'm humbling myself. You know, I, I'm do, I'm giving what I can. I'm giving what I have. You know, and, and and when you do that, it's like he's obligated. It's like no, oh, that's my brother. Then God says, oh, that's my son. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to hear his prayers. You know, and that's why I say you speak it until it manifests. Even if it doesn't happen in a week or a month, will you speak it until it manifests itself? Because it will no, yes, come. It yes. will. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. I, I, uh, one of the things that the Lord taught, showed me recently, and everything's, you know, the sanctification process is a constant learning journey, right? And, uh, and you know that. We all, we all learn that little by little. But anyway, so, in, you know, I'm bound and determined. No matter what, I mean, be all you can be, right? I want to be on that new Jerusalem. I want to be married to Jesus. I want to be part of the bride, the ruling class, the the metacoy, okay? You know, because not everybody's yes. going to be, you know, Jesus. Only the fellow sufferers, the fellow metacoy, right. will be, you know, right. So anyway, so what? Yes. What? So one of the things I I'm determined. So what I'll do is I'll soul search. I'll soul search, you know, because the scripture says all over the place, like First Corinthians eleven twenty eight, it says, "Examine yourself." You know, if we would examine ourselves, if, yes. we, if we would, you know, we would not be judged by God. But when we fail to examine ourselves, we are chastened by the Lord. Okay, that we might not be, you know, cast out. But anyway, the point yes. is this: I learned it. It didn't come to me right away. A lot of Christians, and I, I'm guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. A lot of Christians, they stop praying just before they're going to receive their their answer. And so what you have to do is you you always pray. So you pray over and over, like the persistent widow on Luke 18, right? You're constantly praying. Yeah. Father, man, this need to be healed. Father, I command it. I declare it. I'm going to walk. I'm going to run. I'm going to be on my knees. That's I'm going right. to give you glory. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't let our flesh get in the way. We have to be like Abraham. We got to wait till that last split second. And we don't know when that is. So you pray and you 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 pray for whatever it is that you're praying for every single day, and then you praise him. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. I know you're going to heal this knee. I know you're going to restore my voice. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you are convinced, you know what I'm saying? When you're convinced that now. it's definitely going to happen. Yes. What? Come on now. Amen? I'm excited, on now, baby. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know it. That's right, man. You better. 
You, that's right. I mean, you, you better hold on, you know, and not say, look, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, be like Jeremiah. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to release you until it comes, God. You know, I've been be like that angel that wrestled with God all night long. You know, you know, I'm, you know, all night long. It, you know, I remember the scripture was talking about how, you know, um, uh, Jacob. I think was it yeah, Jacob. Jacob wrestled with with an angel all night long until uh, he blessed. It was and he said he wrestled with God Himself almost. You know. And it was like it was a wrestle that look, I done came this far, I done went through all this stuff, you gonna do something in my life. I'm not I done, I've dealt, I've prayed, I've cried, I you know, I've I've suffered and I just refuse to let you go until you bless me, God. That's what Jacob did. And guess what? And love, God I, blessed Jacob. God blessed Jacob. I, I, you gotta be bold and hold to this truth, man, and say, Look, I'm not gonna let you go, man. I done went through too much hell. They accept defeat. <laughs> I, 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 you know, the enemy has been t- knocking me over too many times, and I'm still turning to you. And I'm, I, you are obligated to help me here, oh. God. Oh, we are the same as I am. You think just like I do. I um. So what I'll do, you know, and it's not done irreverently, mind you, but I carry around with me scriptures that are, and I laminate them, and I have a stack of them, and they they go in my pocket everywhere I go, and I, and if I switch, you know, change a shirt or whatever, and I touch my pocket, you know, and I'm like, oh no, my scriptures aren't there, and I go into this panic, and I'm like running through, and I'm rifling through all my clothes because I got to find my little scriptures that are laminated because I want them with me wherever I go. Well, you know. I, you know, when I'm talking to the Lord, and I, I kind of learned this from Curry Blake. Um, I was, whatever, studying under him uh, through some DVDs for the divine healing, you know, teaching thing. But whatever, yeah. Curry would like if if he couldn't get a person, you know, if he was having trouble raising a person from the dead, if he was having a trouble getting a, getting that that person healed through the power of Jesus Christ. All right, sometimes he would get real frustrated with the Lord. And so what he would do is he would walk out of the hospital, he would go down to the street, and he would pull open the Bible, he would show the verse, and he would hold the Bible up in the sky, and he would say, look right there, Father, you're not a man that you would lie, and right there it says that man's going to be healed. And he would go right back into that hospital and say, get up in Jesus' name. And the guy would like come back to life, man. I was like, that rocks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> praise God! You know I mean? Praise God! Man. Like Lord, yes, Lord, here's Lord. the promise. Here's the promise. That's right. Here's the promise. There you go. Here's the promise. I know how to read, and that's, that's I'm here right. for reason. That's, that's <laughs> right. You, you know, you know, you hold God at His word. This is what I didn't say. You said this, God. You said what? Did, what did the man in the in the uh, in, in the Valley Dry Bone? He said he said, uh, "Can these dry bones live?" He said, "I don't know, but you know, God, you say it can. So guess what? I believe it because you said it can." <laughs> I like it. You know, that's that's the key. You know? And and my transition as of late. Okay, so you know we all go through our different phases and our different. You know, we climb hill. We you know we learn and then we right. keep going. And I had, you know, as I was, because I'm, I don't, I want to get out of here. I want to make the barley harvest. I want to make, I want to be at the marriage of the lamb. When it says, when it says in Luke twenty one thirty six, it says, pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the son of man. 
And and Ooh. that's right after the, the fig tree generation. Well, we already know we're the fig tree generation. Ooh. We don't that's have right. to think about it. All you got to do is look around. So we're Come there. On. So so then I'm thinking to myself, right. you know what? I am not going to miss this. I am not going to miss. No way. So then I'm th- I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, what isn't right in my heart? What isn't right in my heart? What is it? What am I thinking? What am I doing? Is there something I need to correct? Is there a th- you know? And, and I would identify things that needed to get either better or be completely removed or whatever. And I would hand it over to God, and I would start praying about it every single day, every single day, every single day. But the next day. And I would never, never expect God to do it as a miracle. I would always expect him to do the Abraham thing and wait till the last, the absolute last second. And I'd never let myself wow. get discouraged. Because if you let yourself get wow. discouraged, the accuser, the accuser of the brethren, the accuser yes. of the brethren both day and night is going to be pointing down at you going, look, he doesn't even believe that you're going to heal his leg. <laughs> Come on you know now. <laughs> so I'm getting what? out of bed. What? I'm going, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know this is going away. <laughs> you know, one thing I'm so proud of you for, Brother Johnny, is you recognize that we are, you know, that we are actually, we're not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities. You recognize, just like that lady that, you know, that, that, that attacked you like that, you know, and, you know, you could tell that it, it wasn't her. It was a spirit within her, man. It was a spirit that was trying to to bring you down and tear you down and kill you. Really, it was out to kill you. You know what I did the next week? You know what I did the next week? I went down to the what? state attorney's office. I met. I went down to the state attorney's office in downtown Tampa, and I sat with the state attorney, and I said, "It's not her fault." And this state wow. attorney pulls out this, and, and here I am, the victim of the crime, and the state attorney's looking at me like, like I need psychiatric help, <laughs> okay? And I'm like going, it's not her fault. But I knew that I could not tell the state attorney what was really happening. So I had to default back to the medical terms that the state attorney could accept. If I said to the state attorney, it's not her fault because she's a satanic ritual abuse uh, victim and she has powerful demons and altered, uh, you know, soul rooms and stuff, you know, they, 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 they would have escorted me out of that building and probably called the cops, you know. So I had to say to the, and I told the truth, and I said to the state attorney, I said, it's not her fault. I said, I told her, I said, she has been diagnosed at the Town and Country Hospital as having schizophrenia. And the attor- the state attorney goes, uh, oh, oh, wow, that that's amazing. Okay. And they, they had me write everything down like, in, like an affidavit, and I had to sign it. And then they turned her over to her mother so her mother could take, take her back up to, um, you know, to, to live with her up in Michigan. Um, but I couldn't let her stay in jail over that. That wasn't her fault. That was the demon's fault. Oh, no. Oh, no. Tony dropped. Hold on a second. I'm looking here. Sometimes when we get in these awesome conversations, hold on a second. I'm looking here. There he is. Hold on. There he is. All right. Hey, Tony, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey. We got dropped, but I'm back. I'm back. She's yeah, back. Yeah. Did, 
So you heard the last part where I said, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I can't let her sit in jail. That wasn't her fault. That was right. the demon. So Man, I had to I don't get her hear out too of many people do that. Amazing oh, that you no. did I, that, brother. I had to, That's man. Amazing. I couldn't. Oh. No, I, I'm, I'm one of those Jesus freaks that has a heart that's far larger than it is intelligent. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I got like I got me. kind of dumb that sounds like me. Yeah. Uh, I know. If, if I could go and round up, if I could get myself a truck and just go round up all the homeless people and bring them over here and have a big feast, I'd do it. The only thing is I learned my lesson oh my because God. last time I, you got to watch your B's and Q's now. Some of these people are not exactly well behaved. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brother Johnny, I'm going to get in here, man. I got to take care of some more things. I, it was so great awesome. talking with you. And, and and I just want to leave Proverbs with you, man, like I do in, your, in the listings as well. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not your own understanding in all your ways. Submit or acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path, man. So I just want to leave that word with you. It's in my spirit to say so, and you keep walking in faith and not by sight. And watch how God going to keep Brother Johnny and all those listeners to, to the next level that he has us to go to and watch those miracle doors. It's like I'm looking at those. You have four doors to your left, two doors to your right that are beautiful doors that you've been, things you've been waiting for, opportunities that's going to come your way, blessings that I bind every demonic spirit, every stronghold, anything that's trying to block, stop, hinder, or delay what you've been believing God for is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. I pray, I believe it, I speak it, stand on it, and I breathe it. In Jesus' name, my brother, amen. Amen, and I receive it. Glory to God. And folks, I'll tell you what, spread the word and get this this message out to as many people as you know, because this is going to anoint and bless and encourage and strengthen so many people that will that, that'll take the time to listen to this. Thank you, Brother Tony. What a powerful testimony. Thank God bless you. Man. you. I enjoy you, man. We are we are kindred spirits, man. We on that yeah, level. You and I are right there, dude. <laughs> It's a good thing we're not neighbors because I wouldn't be leaving your house. I'd be like, okay, I sorry, know. I'm going to be hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> we are right there, dude. We really are right I, there. Okay, thank hey, you man, for having I me. You. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for God having me. You. I appreciate it, man. Bless you, man. Okay. Appreciate Thanks you. for having me. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Well, we got Sunday, October. I'm sorry, August the 27th. I guess I'm trying to speed things up a little bit more. I wish it was. But anyway, it's August the 27th. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.